We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you will get actionable business advice, hear stories from industry leaders, and share a laugh with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time. So for those of you guys who are in the audience who don't get out or go anywhere, our guest today is Scotty Sykes. Um, he's part of the Sykes family. Sykes and Company. And yep. Sykes and yep. Company. Uh, Y'all have spoke at Connect multiple times. Scotty speaks all over the place. Yep. So if you if you go to shows and stuff, you, you've probably seen him uh, speak somewhere before on accounting topics and, and finances uh, related to mm-hmm. uh, independent pharmacy. Be yep. a lot. Uh, how many uh, y'all, y'all help independent pharmacies manage their finances? Mm-hmm. How many customers do you have today? We have several hundred. Yeah, yeah. So several hundred customers. We work with. That's all we do. So we got some re- large regional companies we work with that okay. we've had okay. since the eighties, nineties. Um, but ninety nine percent of what we do is a hundred percent pharmacy. Yep. So so if you uh, the the plug there. If you're looking for an accountant that understands pharmacy, because it's hard to understand, yep. um, then uh, Sykes might be a place to, to look at. Yep. But, okay, hang on. You jumped into the business business. So I just wanted, we, we just drove in and hadn't introduced who he was. You've and, made the introductions. So that's, yeah. Welcome. Well. Um, so, but I mean, we go all the way back to like the first year of PDS, like 2012, I think, or was when I first met you at Marcia, PDS. I remember you were with uh Pharmacy software reviews at one uh-huh. point. Was that PDS? Yep. That was PDS. Yep. Yeah, that um, was where um, I met you. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, That's why so. I was like 2012. Yeah, because Cone was a baby. Maybe two that. Maybe even all the way to 2011. But I don't think we were quite going to trade shows. Maybe I don't know. Maybe may go that far back. But um, yeah, I remember 2011. When, I think is when we started hitting all the trade shows. Yep, I, re- I remember the the baby face before the beard. Oh yeah, you know. Yep. Ten years, so, ten twelve years. Shoot, things so, change, you know. So your dad's been doing this for little years, bit. and so walk us through that. So your journey, like your your dad started this company when? So Sykes the company started in '84, right a year before I was born, and my dad started it with a handful of. Uh, ladies here and uh half of them are still working here um Mm -hmm. and um grew it you know regionally and then we got known around the late 90s early 2000s for fixing troubled pharmacies um with uh mutual drug wholesaler uh regional wholesaler here in north carolina yep okay and um so we our reputation grew at mutual drug and we had a bunch of mutual Mm -hmm. drug clients and then um, around 2010, we happened to run into Live Oak Bank. We saw they did pharmacy lending. We were in pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we met with them, and um, they helped us kind of meet some people and open the doors for us. And next thing you know, we're, we're doing conferences and trade shows and speaking about pharmacy issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here we are. So we're in probably 40 states now or something like that. So, wow. Um, it's it's been it's been it's been crazy. It's been fun. And so you you've essentially grown up in this business, literally. I I was shredding paper here back in the nineties as a kid. Yeah. Wow. 
Yep. So born and raised into the business. Started shredding paper. Now I'm mm -hmm. a CPA, CFP. Hopefully um, not still shredding paper. <laughs> I will still shred paper. I've got my shred box right here, as a matter of fact. Sometimes, but, uh, that, sometimes uh, that's nuts. the best so, ASMR. Yeah, AC, yeah. I can shred paper. You probably don't want me doing, you know, maybe a bank wreck. We got other people that are better than that than me. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Okay, so then you went So you went to college. You're, you're certified CPA, yes? Mm -hmm. I am. Yep. Certified so, public accountant, certified financial planner. Yep. Where did you go to school? Went to UNC Wilmington, okay. so right there on the coast in Wilmington, and uh, did my undergrad there. Stayed, did my. What, what years would that have been? Uh, that was 2000, 2004 <coughs> to two thousand eight, and then two thousand nine. I stayed and did my uh, master's in accounting, uh, specialized okay. in tax. Would that have been One Tree Hill out. years? That would have been One Tree Hill years. I was about to ask. So yeah. you've, you've probably got some stories. Oh, they were, they were shooting all kinds of stuff. You know, Dawson's Creek was just ending or something yeah, like Dawson's that. Yeah, Dawson's Creek was yep. ending and, and, one, then, um, and One Tree Hill kicked off in 2004. Did you see any of the stars around there? I may have. I didn't. I wasn't a One Tree Hill kind of guy, so I just, I was playing golf, swimming, you know, at the beach. Yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> not, a, not a big TV guy. What about diving? So you're near the ocean. Any scuba diving? No, I do no. not do scuba diving. I'm. Uh, it kind of sketches me out. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to go 200 yards, 300 yards off the beach and dive into a shipwreck. That uh, just. Eh. But we'll go 300 yards off and go fishing. Now we'll go fishing on a boat. Yes, and yes. I will surf or something like that. But so, so I'm in the going so under the water. You when know. you think of skydivers and people are like, "Yeah, I love skydiving," and I'm like, "Why do I want to jump out of a perfectly good plane?" You are the in the sense of why do I want to jump out of a perfectly good boat? Exactly. Right. Exactly. If there was something to see, you know, like if you were skydiving yeah. and and you'd see hundreds of birds flying by you with all different colors, and it's kind of like you under the ocean. That might be more interesting, but. Yeah, I don't think that's the same because you're like passing the birds. Yeah, and they're right, like... really fast. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> ocean here is not, you know, it's it's a, it's, it's not murky. a very, you know, it's not like yeah, a yeah. Not clear. beach where it's real clear and everything. It's it's right. a muddy kind of ocean water, so it's dark and I don't know. I'm More not, brackish mm, for sharks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, and y'all have a podcast. You have a podcast yes. that's uh, how many times a month? I actually just got done shooting an episode uh, and hopped over here. So we do it uh, every two weeks. We drop an episode okay. on Thursdays. Okay. So what's the what's the name of the podcast, first off, for um, our listeners? Well, we got a couple names, but we pretty much go with Sykes Bottom Line Pharmacy Podcast. So, okay. I like uh, it. It's the bottom Thro line. Throwing in the accounting terms. And yeah, we're getting, we're getting so, we get quite a bit of views, and um, it's nice. fun. You know, we don't. We don't plan anything, kind of like what we're doing here. We just shoot the breeze and talk about whatever topics come up. So, mm -hmm. who was the guest uh, you just filmed? We had Debbie Marcello with Happier at Home. I met her at the NCPA conference this past okay. year. Yeah, was that and, the lady uh, working with McKesson? I don't, I don't know. know. What does she do? She does um, a long-term care franchise for uh, home, you know, assisted living at home. Right, okay. the long-term got a franchise model that maybe if it's the right demographics for a pharmacy, mm, they okay. can reach into that service uh, area um, and get some cash-based revenue that way. So, 
Uh, you, and when, you know, you have pharmacies getting, you know, adding nurses to their pharmacies. It's kind of the other side of that, adding, uh, you know, a, a assisted mm-hmm. living kind of help um, for those medical at home patients. And when okay. will that air? Oh, probably in a few weeks. Um, we're going to have a special release with the beneficial ownership information reporting. So that'll kind of push that back because um, we got to push that out. That's a new thing all pharmacies need to be ready for. Hmm. Um, let's talk DIR Cliff. What are, you right. hearing, what are you hearing from the field? You know, right now I'm not, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm not hearing a whole lot. Um, it's still early. Um, I've had some pharmacies, um, you know, raise some concerns for sure. Um, but it's not as much as I thought it would be right off the, right off the gate here. Um, so, you know, it remains to be seen what happens. Um, you know, we're certainly going to be reviewing, uh, January numbers closely. In fact, we're speaking mm-hmm. at the Pioneer Conference. Yep. Yep. Um, and we're going to have ask. like the, the content we're going to be bringing is, um, you know, real time up to date content. So January through, uh, either March or April numbers, um, and what we're seeing in the industry. So yeah, we're going to have some, what happened yeah. some real time data. Uh, that we can share with folks. Yeah, it's super interesting. You know, we're hearing, um, you know, from our customers that, uh, you know, some of it's better than they thought it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the payments are better, especially on the brand side, um, than they thought it was going to yep, be. I've seen that. Yep. Um, so that's in. Go ahead. I guess that's why I haven't heard as much. I mean, I've been asking. I, I'm just, I haven't heard. I, I would think, you know, I'd be getting emails and everything. I just, I'm not. So that tells me that maybe it's not quite as bad as people thought or well, the they're first, still trying to figure it out. Yeah. In the first couple of weeks, the pharmacists are focused on the insurance changeover. Yeah. And getting that up to date. So you'll well, probably get a bunch of panic emails the last week of January. Yeah, I don't know. I they're looking. And, and you can see on the on the boards and stuff. Uh, people who have uh, a more basic pharmacy system where they haven't put in DRR fees and stuff like they haven't been looking before um, are in shock uh, because they're, you know, really, or who didn't have someone like Sykes, you know, it was just relying on, you know, what popped up in the system as what Mm -hmm. profit they made. Some of them are shocked um, because they weren't really doing that, you know. They weren't really focused. really taking care of business before. or they they weren't being properly coached by either their pharmacy system or, or or a company like yours. Yeah, it's super interesting, so, but it is not the the bloodbath um, that it was predicted as that I thought be. we would hear. Yeah, I, well, I thought I there'd think, be a lot I think more the chatter. The big issue, the big issue I'm waiting on is the care mark. You know, um, the trimester clawback that's going to be coming. Um, you know, March April timeframe. Right. And that's where those big, those bigger numbers hit for that 2023 mm-hmm. DR fee. So that's kind of what's really going to. Right. If, when they if we can back. get past that, yeah. I right. think it's, hope, you know, smooth sailing. Yeah, they got to have the money in the bank to claw it back. So, yeah. you know, not only do they need the money, yep. um, you know, coming in, but they need that have saved up some money. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Are any of your pharmacies kind of um, position themselves to try to buy a couple of pharmacies? in this have have y'all been as you do financial planning and strategy yeah um we always have pharmacies looking to buy pharmacies so that is always on the radar um for those are you seeing a higher trend i guess is what jeff was asking yeah are you seeing a higher or lower trend of pharmacies selling and buying 
at this right now at this time selling of year, no or... because uh the multiples aren't there with yeah. the unknown that was coming into the dr fee right um so the valuations weren't really strong for selling a pharmacy so we didn't mm -hmm. a lot of folks were pushing that off um so selling was light coming into this year um now purchasing that's going to be interesting because there's going to be some pharmacies that didn't prepare for DR fee. They don't know what's coming. They don't have the advice and counsel. Yep. Haven't mm -hmm. been paying attention. You know, those pharmacies are just filling prescriptions. Some of those are not going to make it probably. Yeah. So they're probably going to sell gonna for debt. Some opportunities. You know, they're probably going to sell for their debt, you know, and that's they're it. The, the pharmacies that you have been working with, what kind of like steps have you been taking with those pharmacies to help them prepare? Well, what we spoke about all last year was, you know, you certainly have to have the fundamentals in place, which all of our clients do. Um, and but mm -hmm. once you have that in place, you know, then you can learn your cash flow. How does your cash flow move? What is, you know, wh what's going on in the pharmacy? How does that bottom line net income tie into the balance sheet and your cash flow? Mm -hmm. You know, how are you? What what's debt got to do with the cash flow picture in the pharmacy? So. Um, you know, it's really getting that fundamental information, knowing how the pharmacy's cash flow moves in the pharmacy. Every pharmacy is different. Um, you know, everybody says, I have $100,000 in net income. It's not in my bank account. Well, it's sitting there in receivables and inventory. That's where you're, you know, and then you've been paying off debt and you're taking mm -hmm. distributions out of the pharmacy. So it's that whole picture, putting that all together for them, map it out, you know, how to manage that. Maybe they're taking too much distributions or the debt structure is not right or whatever it is, right. um, managing inventory better, however they need to do that, um, paying attention to receivables. We see a lot of pharmacies that really, you know, the, the third party receivables is your biggest unreconciled bank account, you know, for a pharmacy, mm -hmm. unless you're paying attention to what is being owed yep. to you, um, you know, you're, you're just kind of, you know, fill and pray type uh, method. And we certainly don't uh, suggest that. So, mm -hmm. Um, it's putting all those pieces together. And then of course the number one, uh, ratio we follow in a pharmacy balance sheet is the current ratio. Yeah. To, uh, current assets divided by current liabilities. And that's that liquidity ratio in a pharmacy. Yep. And that's mm -hmm. going to tell you how strong, um, that liquidity is. Are they, uh, prepared for DR fee unknown and the cash flow is going to come with it. Right. That, that, that current ratio is a measure we use to, uh, you know, help them, help them gauge that. Do you see, a, um, I know you work with a lot of people, a lot of different buying groups, a lot of different wholesalers. Do you see a difference in PSAOs? No, don't call anyone out, but um, is it worth someone to look around or are they really all the same? So that's an interesting question. Uh, we definitely see buying groups and, uh, well, I can say we definitely see buying groups that are better than others. Okay. And we see, and a lot of that has to do with the PSAO side, the contracts and right. their market. So, so, so buying guess. group, you're talking about the buy side or the sell side? Both. So, Both. Okay. you know, with, with, with a uh, buying group, they'll go with that buying group and then they'll have that PSO tied to that buying group and those contracts and that and such with that PSAO on the mm -hmm. revenue side. Okay. Um, is a key component. And then you also have the buying side is a key component. So if you can maximize the buying and the, the right PSEO for your marketplace and demographics and things like that, you know, you can really get to a, 
25, 26% gross margin in a pharmacy. Wow. Okay. So, so you're hearing now, so there is, it's worthwhile to look, you know, just cause you've been with something while it's worthwhile to evaluate different buying groups. Hmm. Um, you should oh, be able absolutely. to get a reasonable margin. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, is there something else I was going to ask? I don't read your mind. I can't, I can't answer that question um, for you. All right. So, yeah, we're so going we definitely with the, see that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, how well you buy is, is a huge piece of it, oh, but that revenue it, side as well. Yeah. All right. So for the single star store as well, do you think a single store can, can see that kind of re uh, margin? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got, we got, you know, I, I a, a strong pharmacy, retail pharmacy is about 25% gross margin. Um, if, if they're maximizing their buying, they're maximizing their inventory control, uh, mm -hmm. they got the, the right revenue piece in there with the PSAO and they're maximizing their, their revenue that way. Um, you can get to a 25% margin in a pharmacy. Okay. And then um, if I'm a well-run pharmacy based on you, your recommended practice and stuff, what's my margin today? So it's gross margin? Like I, no, I'd like net. to see- What's my net margin? Net bottom line? Yep. So we see anywhere from three, uh, three percent bottom line up to, to about ten percent bottom line for a retail. So I've got some retails that are about ten percent bottom line. That's that's an outlier, but most are about three to six percent bottom line. Yeah. With three to four about right there at the the average, and that's a, and that's a you know that's a commendable bottom line. I mean, there's there's it's a respectable bottom line for a pharmacy. Right. Three percent. Three to four percent. Three to four. Yeah, I, How has that been compared to maybe five years ago? What would have been respectable five years ago? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Maybe it was about four to five at that and point. And 10 years ago? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Don't have long. that off the top of my head. Yep. Okay. So that's not bad. A lot positive. I, you know, I think there's a lot of positive stuff going on in pharmacy. Yeah. It's like we get around in CPA and there's just a lot of, doom and gloom chatter about oh it's everywhere oh, it's gonna, and, and it's everywhere you're right but i mean in cpa this past october seemed to be a lot of, of yeah. doom and gloom conversation around how this january and february is going to go this first quarter so so here's my theory on that um happiness Prepare for the worst well no happiness and unhappiness right are about the rate of change not about where you are okay uh, i always say they're you know they're there are guys mining coal in North Carolina who are happy, right? <laughs> and and the reason you're seeing that doom and gloom, because you just heard a four or five, five years ago, three or four today, you're on a downward slope. Right. That the, the doom and gloom is the direction, not the position, mm -hmm. right? And so things aren't as good as they were. Things is not, you know, so you want to change yeah. that. You have to start seeing, and even things can be in a bad three or 4%. Mm -hmm. And you hear people like Doug Hoey and stuff start talking positive. Like the last um, innovation board meeting I was in was pretty positive because things are starting to improve. Yeah. Um, legislative's very interested, uh, the Senate and the House, the only thing they can agree on is, is that PBMs are bad. You know, you're starting to see yeah. some things um, you're starting to see some cost plus models. Mm -hmm. I think you'll start hearing more positive talk, even though your actual position hasn't moved. Yeah. But there's this feeling of improvement. Um, hey, we see some brands paying a little better. Hey, we, 
Yeah. yeah, it would it would be interesting if and I don't know if you can if you can share, but you know, maybe kind of a, a briefing or a highlight, kind of a newsreel in a way of, you know, what is covered or talked about in those innovation board meetings. Like share with us. You know, what what can you share? And then what is what is the next positive? Because I'm interested in what you give me cliff notes. Yeah, afterwards. well, a lot of the innovation board is around um, education. It's around programs. It's around promoting mm -hmm. CPSN. Um, and so there are representatives there from pharma, you know, from pharmacy, from right, technology. But there's, there's more positive conversation that comes out of those meetings than what we hear what Scott sometimes, and I hear. Sometimes it's a negative, you know, but uh, I'd say the last one, there was, was a lot of positive, positive a lot of positive things mm -hmm. going on. And the next one is this February at multi-location. Uh -huh. There was, you know, you get legislative briefings about mm -hmm. what their legislative stuff's doing. Uh, you get a lot I mean, of place about what CPSN is, what they're challenging. If you ask me personally, I think, um, you know, I think pharmacies are really have a, just a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, pharmacies now can can get into areas of healthcare beyond just filling prescriptions and they can be that healthcare center in their community. And mm -hmm. that is just a huge opportunity. And there's, and, and so the pharmacy owners that are adopting that mindset, you know, uh, yeah. putting a nurse in the pharmacy, clinical services, specialty niche OTC or vaccinations, point of care, whatever yeah. it is, long-term care. Um, those pharmacies are exceeding, uh, you know, averages, you know, their margins are higher, their bottom yep. lines are better, mm -hmm. uh, their cash flow is better. Um, so the pharmacies that are adopting this are definitely uh, paving the way for the future of pharmacy. It's the ones that are not willing to change or going to, you know, complain about this or that all the time. You, you know, there's always going to be headwinds, but, you know, the opportunities out there are, are, are a lot and COVID really helped push that along for pharmacy owners, yep. uh, in the industry. And so, yeah, uh, I think but there's the just a tremendous thing, amount of opportunity. To me, the biggest thing, and I continue to advocate for this is that there's not enough education out there for patients to be aware of this level of, of uh, this option of care in a community pharmacy setting. Right. Cause I, I think about when, when I was starting out, separate off my parents and my own insurance, own healthcare, all that stuff. I thought CVS was the answer until I started in this, in, in this side of the industry. And it's like, oh, there's community pharmacy and they do, and they can do a lot more. I thought that in order to get a flu shot, I actually had to go to my doctor. I didn't know that I could go to a community pharmacy and get a flu shot. And there's still some kind of some stuff there, like children with asthma, you have to still go to the pediatrician up until they're like 10, maybe 12 years old, and then the pharmacist can start doing it. But again, I I was an uneducated patient. Yep. And now being in the industry, I've got the education, I've got the knowledge, but it's like, how do you put that message out in your community? Don't go to CVS Walgreens. Hey, I can do your flu shot. I can even test you for flu or COVID. Yep. And that's that pharmacy marketing and that locally. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be a national marketing. That's that local pharmacy figuring how they get that message out. Mm -hmm. And some of that's word of mouth. Uh, some of it's active marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so marketing's huge. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's taking public. advantage of the like, yep. like isn't it like end of, end of December is like shop local day or something like that? And they're like a, 
Because I saw it's November, it. November uh, Saturday, right? Saturday shop single. Yeah, I think Saturday it's every, shop I think small every business day or something. Every day should be local. Yeah, shop local, right. shop business day. But I mean, there was like some social media trend that started. Of it was mildly recent. Um, that was around that. So yep. So you have a lot of uh, a lot of those two hundred pharmacies are are ones I would consider innovators. Mm -hmm. uh, what's some of the uh, coolest new innovations you've seen? Yeah, man, that's uh, I think the the nurse uh, putting the nurse practitioner in a pharmacy is pretty, pretty cutting edge. And that's um, continuing to expand and grow. We're just seeing pharmacies get that set up and going. So over the next year, we'll definitely get a feel for what what that's doing. Um, are those doing that, really well or, or am, I, am I putting the nurse practitioner in there and, and well, business they, growing really just fast? Just like I or? said, they're just getting started for about okay. a handful that we're seeing. And so I ha it's a little too early to tell, but. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we need to follow up with Ashley Moose and see how hers, because I think when we had her on oh, the show. They were starting to introduce it. This was like the, the first location, day or so. Yeah. I mean, everybody you talk to is like, oh, I wish I could just pay 50 bucks a month and subscribe my family. Yeah. I can just walk in and get a prscription and walk out mm -hmm. i know they got strep throat or whatever yeah are you um, seeing you know, you a lot of, of subscription doctor. are you seeing a lot of subscription model, models um in your farm in the pharmacies you work with um such as well like, i mean that's, that's like the blueberry or yeah. uh like ashley's doing with the you, you seeing some of that not not particularly. I mean, we're seeing it, but not widespread. I've got yeah. some pharmacies. I got a pharmacy that did cost plus, and they've kind of just figured it out on their own, and they're killing it. Um, so the and, cost and, plus people are doing really well. Yeah, and the pay and the patients are all for it. So he's told the patients, "I I'm not gonna, I can't service you or whatever. I, I'm not exactly sure how he's doing it, but um, the patients are all in for it." And is it's he taking insurance too, or just doing cash? Uh, he's doing both. He's doing both. Yeah. Uh, how many do you've seen a lot go to generics only? Uh, I don't see, I haven't seen anybody doing that. Hmm. I know um, mm -hmm. Mike Coltzer, who does a podcast as well, switched his pharmacy generics only and says he's doing really well huh. um, a couple of years ago. So yep. that was interesting. Um, hopefully the brand dynamics will change. You know, the wholesalers many moons ago went into this, we're going to subsidize the brand price. And as soon as the payers figured it out, they just lowered what they pay. So they didn't, it didn't really subsidize it um, with the generic business. So you got to pay attention to those brands. Pharmacy owners have to pay attention to the brands. We've seen pharmacies that are not paying attention to what they're filling in terms of those brands this past year, like the GLP ones and yeah. no, mm -hmm. um, you can lose a lot of money fast. Yeah. So um, we saw, we saw that uh, out in the industry. Um, so you got to be paying attention to that stuff and pioneer, you know, you guys had the DR fee estimator in there last year. So that helped. And we, uh, we helped yeah. push pharmacies to do that as well. Well, you still got the, um, generic, the GERs in there that they mm -hmm. still need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, cause that can get you too. Cause it can say yeah. it's going to pay one thing and then they're going to balance it out and take it back. So if you're in a GER contract, you're seeing more or less GER contracts. We don't get into the contract side, so I can't. Okay. I, I can't speak to that. Yep. Interesting. You think that would be a little bit of the financial planning because in a GER they're going to come back and balance. Um, yeah. Because what the claim I mean, showed we, wouldn't be really wouldn't really be right. We're kind of looking at it as a at a macro view for the pharmacy that overall mm -hmm. margin, and then kind of dig from there. But okay. um, 
I'm not reading contracts. I so is, is that a cash basis then? Is that, are y'all really looking at just what goes to the point of sale? Um, all our pharmacies are on, are on accrual basis. So um, accrual. that accrual based financial will tell you exactly what's going on month in, month out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're cash, if you're just, just cash basis, you know, you're missing a big key with receivables in there. I mean, that's a large chunk, uh, payables, things like that. So uh, all our pharmacies are on accrual basis. It's simple to do. Uh, there's, there's really no extra steps involved. Um, well, the accrual seems more purposes, complicated with the DIR and the and the GER, yeah. I guess, was the... Well, we're, you know, we hmm. use the reconciliation systems and we're adjusting for DIR fees and things like that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Might but we something. saw DR fees about five and a half, six percent of revenue last year for twenty twenty. Yeah, and I heard they were going up. Like Caremart was just just escalating. Every year there. they've gone up. Every year, one whole yeah. basis point, pretty much. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the. I think that's the the can mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the the way that the wording in the contract. I remember. I may have said this before. I'm gonna say it again. Um, I did some consulting work for a hospital at a college and a hospital system. Yep. And uh, it was in Louisiana and they had gone to Louisiana Medicaid and say, Hey, you're paying us blow our costs. And they was like, we know, and you're still <laughs> okay, taking we it. We don't care. Yep. So, you know, basically they just turn the dial and as long as people keep taking Ain't their it. patients, they just keep turning the dial down. And I think that's what you're, you know, you're seeing the, uh, you know, the, PBMs, they just turn the dial. Although mm-hmm. they're realizing now, and a, and a couple of PBMs are realizing we've extracted all we can out of in, out of pharmacy. We got to find it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah they and, they milked it all they could, and, and they're looking for new models. So that yep. should be interesting how some of that stuff shakes out. And the interesting thing there is you don't do. There's not five year PBM contracts. Right. You know, so you have this very uh, almost like fruit flies, right? You know, this genetics where you're just changing very rapidly. And uh, things can change, can change bad rapidly. They can change mm-hmm. better rapidly. So it'd be super interesting uh, to follow. What kind of projects are you working on? We're actually working on a, our own Sykes Digest. So we're going to be bringing um, all our data together and putting it together and pushing out our own uh, KPI report. So that's coming this year. That's exciting. Uh, How do yep. you think that's going to compare to the one done by uh, the other guy? Um, they, um, it is probably be comparable, but we have the consistent processes and accounting, um, yep. fundamentals in place. So we're going to have consistent data. Uh, what they get is self-reported every which kinda. away. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's what I would think in the years would yeah. be better. So that's, so you know, ours, ours should be rock solid. I mean, we've got, uh, the and numbers, that'll be your but, couple hundred pharmacies that you use. Yeah. I was about to say, is data? this going to be like. The, so the data you're using is the pharmacies that you're currently working with, and is this data going to be reported out massly to only the pharmacies you're working with, or is this going to be reported out industry-wide, quarterly? We haven't decided how we're going to push that out. It's probably going to push out to the industry. You know, we're always trying to help mm-hmm. as many pharmacies as we can, so mm-hmm. um, we'll find a way to help uh, push it out and help the industry, I'm sure. Yeah, it's super interesting. I would... I would wonder how, how your how could, customers stratify as an example of, I, I would, I would think that your customers right. would be better. Um, now it's, you know, the hard part is putting them in the right categories because you got specialty, long-term care, mm-hmm. compounding, and some of them do a little bit of everything. So it's, yep. you know, it's, it's quite a bit of work to get um, a good da- a data set. 
Interesting. So, so working on a digest. What else? Anything else? Oh, uh, we got tax season coming up. So really gearing up for that. You got um, beneficial ownership reporting. And so what that's is that? a new thing. Um, it's an anti-money laundering thing through FinCEN, Department mm-hmm. of Treasury. Pretty much every pharmacy, LLC, anything, you have to file this. Penalties are steep. You got to the end of the year. Um, so that's uh, that's coming so up. You're... Now, we're not going to be, that's a practice of law, but we're going to have some uh-huh. content on that to help pharmacies. Um, so you're kind of like on it's just double registering duty right with, now. Yeah, right. it's just registering Between with the Between DIR Cliff and tax season Yeah, you starting. have to register all the beneficiaries of your business, basically. Yep. 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 And so that's why coming. the penalties are like $500 a day or something. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. They're not joking Steep. around with that stuff. So um, we got that. We've got um, obviously the DR fee cliff. We're kind of mm-hmm. waiting to see what happens there. Uh, and um, there's probably going to be some tax changes coming up soon. Uh, you know, definitely by next year, we got the expiring, uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires. So that's going to impact pharmacies for sure. So we're going to have some some big heavy tax items i'm sure mm-hmm. next year if not this year yeah so so what all what all of that mean if, if that just expires and nothing gets renewed what what does that change oh man that could change a lot <laughs> um you got 199 ace uh, qualified business income deduction we still see pharmacies you know we do the arcs assessment service where we take a pharmacy we overview it it's a one-time service we do and we give them kind of a check under the hood what you're doing mm-hmm. And um, we still see pharmacies not taking advantage of that. Um, they're eligible, in fact. Um, and what I, is that? So pharmacies, um, uh, retail pharmacies that have uh, over ninety percent of their prescription uh, of, of their work is prescriptions, um, which most of them are, um, are eligible for the qualified business income deduction minus okay. any limits, but. Um, so you get pretty much 20% deduction on your income at the pharmacy, um, on your individual tax return. So we still see pharmacies miss that. Um, we still see, um, gosh, what else do we see? Um, we still see pharmacies on the cruel method of accounting when they could be, uh, cash basis for tax. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge, I mean, that could be a huge tax savings for pharmacies. And we still see pharmacies Mm -hmm. not taking advantage of that. Um, so all those things, both of those key things would, uh, would change. So you'd have to go back to accrual accounting for pharmacies for the most part in general. And then, uh, 199A would drop off. So tax rates would. Yeah. And the rate, rate goes up. Yep. Um, what are some other kind of things like that, that you think that pharmacies kind of miss when they file their taxes that would be good to know or share? Well, uh, definitely that those two, um, you know, we see those a lot. Those are big numbers um, mm-hmm. that can really put multiple thousands of dollars in the pocket of a pharmacy. Um, you know, you've got some issues with uh, larger pharmacies, multiple store owners um, mm-hmm. that we see missed a lot. You've got um, inventory issues. You know, you can't write off inventory. That's for tax purposes. The IRS clarified that. If you're writing off inventory, you got to pick that back up on on your books and uh, mm-hmm. for tax purposes. Um, and um, but I mean, those are those are the two three main things we see that really drive okay. the needle from a dollar standpoint. Hmm. So tell us about the uh, the little one time checkup thing that you guys do. 
Yeah, so we have this ARCS assessment service, and what we do there is we get the accounting files. If you're using like QuickBooks or something in the pharmacy, and we do mm -hmm. the prior two-year tax returns for the pharmacy and the owner, if they want us to overview that, we we get that in-house. We have pretty much one senior pharmacy accountant that reviews, does all these all the time. Hmm. And then we get you on a video call for about an hour, hour and a half, and we run through everything, top to bottom, balance sheet, P&L, taxes, and we give you a full check under the hood of what you're doing, uh, issues, concerns, what you're doing well with, um, and highlight all the areas we think you need to work on and and um, and get mm -hmm. right in your, your accounting fundamentals and tax issues. Hmm. What's the time commitment on a pharmacy to do something like that? All it takes is an hour and a half video call. So you huh. just submit your information. We do charge $2,000 for that service, but um, mm -hmm. you, know, you just submit the information online and We'll line up a call with you about a week later and um, give you the full rundown. Interesting. Do you find it's, a lot of problems that way? Oh man, we can. <laughs> we look at so many pharmacies every day. We can we can look at a balance sheet and PL in a pharmacy and know right away the issues. Huh? Seems yep. like something a lot of people should do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we do it. We do four or five a week. Oh wow! Wow. We do yeah. a lot of them. We have, we have folks that come to us just for that once a year. You know, they right. own our services or whatever. That's fine. Um, but they want the check under the hood. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of a check how the other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, we're and you know, we don't have any conflicts with any vendors or anything. So we talk freely about everything. Um, there's no, you know, mm -hmm. hiding anything. We're, we're forth, forthright and full of candor on those calls. Yep. Very cool. So y'all yeah. are speaking at Connect. Yes. Well, are you speaking? Because I understand you have a baby due at that time. I do. I got a second second on the way, so wish me luck. But um, I think Bonnie's going to do it for okay. me. Okay. I tried to tell them I think I could swing it, and they're like, "You once you have two kids, you you're not going to be able to." Yeah. Swing one, that. One one and one or yeah, it's what's the rule? One and one means one, but one and one, one plus one is isn't four. two. It's, yeah. yeah it's one not plus two. one is yeah. like four. It's four. So I'm sure, um, yeah, so I think Bonnie's going to fill in for me. Um, okay. And, um, yeah, and how old is I, Pete? It, it was hard for me to, to not say I'm going to do it. I like to speak and, you know, so that's the first, so baby number one, how old in the name? Yeah, it's Pete. It's Pete. Uh, how old's Pete? Pete. Yeah. How old's he's Pete? got birthday coming up. He'll be five in March, uh, March 4th. Oh, wow. And, uh, he so is sweetest five year old kid, and the baby. biggest heart. That's, that's actually the perfect, I thought. Cause no, see, to me, I'm like, I'm like, get number two while number one's still in, you know, moving diapers to diapers because there's a lot of things you forget that you struggled with. No, you not, know, you're not you. No, I, I didn't feel that way. And there, like Mackie's fourth birthday, we sat her down and showed her the sonogram. We're like, you're going to be a big sister. Yeah, so that's. And the, she was a super there. helper. Yeah. Yep. Super helper. She was a super helper. She, she, uh, I would cook dinner and she, he'd start screaming. She's like, I got his pacifier. And she'd go put his pacifier in his mouth. But really, he was screaming because he just wanted her attention. Yeah. Pete's a good kid. You know, he's all excited and, um, I, I'm sure he's going to help and love every bit of it. Hmm. So I had, I, I told Mackie that she could talk to the tummy and the baby would know her voice. And so, and of course, Mark, it freaked him out. He's like, this is weird. I'm not doing this. I'm not talking to the tummy. And uh, when Cohen was born, Mackie's voice was the only one he looked for in the room. And that's something. 
So Mark would be holding baby Cohen and and be sitting there talking to him, nothing. But the second he hears Mackie walk in the room and hears that voice, that's what he'd open his eyes and look for. Huh. And he would always say, that's not fair. And I was like, she talked to the tummy. You did Yeah, it. you did. Yep. <laughs> you thought it was weird. It's not weird now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's a thing. It's happened. So, huh. but, and it was just kind of funny. It was very, very like, oh, wow, this is really cool. So. So what's yep. the next trade show that uh, Sykes and company is at? Oh, let's see. So we're doing, uh, we're Pioneer, of course, and uh, certainly appreciate the opportunity to be there with you guys. And we're going to be, we usually do American pharmacies. Um, they invite us. Mm-hmm. We're doing the CARE conference uh, next yep. week yep. Um, in Virginia. Uh, let's see. Multi course. in February. I was about to say, multi-location. We're not doing the multi. Uh, no, okay. Okay. That's peak tax season, so we're going to. Yeah. Ooh, Yeah pass on that one um let's see of course the wholesalers you know and we uh ncpa and we, we do mm-hmm. pcca as well so yeah how are you gonna do how are you managing the uh, cardinal amerisource this year i'll tell you what um your dad gonna go to one you gonna go to the other what, what are we doing i'm calling dibs on one of them and i think he's gonna call dibs on the other and okay. um break up the team so um so obviously you're calling dibs on, on Chicago. That's not. Oh, too- yeah, okay. So which one are you calling dibs on? I think I want to go to Orlando. Okay. Is I want to go cool? where it's warm. We're gonna take the fire. It'll be warm in well, Chicago. Well, it'll be warm in, in July. Both, yeah. yeah. Palm trees. So I'm going. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Chicago will be. So that's one of the few months that Chicago's nice. In yeah, my that, opinion, that's like the only yeah. time to be in Chicago. Yeah. Is in July. Everything else is just brutal. Although that kind of. We were there this last July and got hit by a tornado on our way out. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Chicago? Uh, a tornado. Yeah, like, we were in Chicago, and we were flying from Chicago to, from a meeting to San Diego. And this is the first time in 15 years of flying I've got sat on the plane, and they said, and they came on the intercom, and they go, okay, we're going to need you to please get off the plane and go shelter in place. And a tornado had touched down right outside the airport of Chicago, sucked back up, and then jumped and went over the airport and touched back down again. Yeah, there were, but there were multiple, there were multiple tornadoes, tornadoes headed Chicago. toward the lake in Chicago. Yeah. In July. There were a couple of planes that they couldn't get back. They had to be like, tell the people on the plane, hey, there's a tornado. You need a shelter in place. And they're like, I'm in a plane. <laughs> what is it? What am I sheltering in? If I get hit, oh, yeah. and there was like, I guess maybe it'd roll the plane. They'd be okay inside it. I don't know. I don't know. But like there was um, like, as soon as we landed in San Diego, I'm getting on social media and there's so many videos of people going, I'm sitting here on a plane and they're, they're sitting there posting pictures of the wind picking up around them. Yeah. And it's like, we can't do anything. And our phones are yelling tornado, tornado. And we're all now sheltering like- in the airport and we look up. And it's like, and it's all glass. That's a glass ceiling. It's all, it's all the ceiling in the airport's glass. So we're like, okay, we got near the bathroom. So if it starts to hit, we'll we'll, we'll be the first. We know we know where to bathroom, duck in. So I wasn't gonna stay in the bathroom. No, I was not gonna sit. In I'm a bathroom. not a big fan of uh, you know tornadoes and earthquakes. Things I can't really see or know are coming. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. But like a hurricane, I can get out. So yeah, uh, hurricane. You know, y'all know about hurricanes I, down there in Louisiana. We do. Well, I, I grew up in Texas, Tornado Alley, and so tornadoes don't really freak me out. It's like, okay. Yeah, because where you're from in Texas, it's really flat. You see the suckers coming a long way away. Well, you know? yeah. 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 Yeah, we see them coming, and it's like, okay, it's over there, and it's shifting this way. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's not that 
I guess tornadoes aren't that scary to me. Hurricanes, because they're un- they're the it's the unknowing to me, and tornadoes are the unknowing to you. So mm-hmm. I can see. So give us your top three pieces of advice for independent pharmacy in 2024. Well, same thing we always talk about. Number one is always going to be fundamental accounting. Um, you got to have the fundamentals in place. You have to know what you're doing. You got to know what your pharmacy is doing. Um, you know, if you've got good, solid fundamentals, you can work on, you can use that as an asset in your pharmacy. Mm-hmm. We still see a lot of pharmacies that just don't have that. Um, and then that's, then they're wondering, how am I doing? I'm paying too much tax. I don't know what's going on. Yep. Can't have that. Um, the, you know, the margin of error in a pharmacy is too thin to, to operate like that. So, um, fundamental accounting always number one, um, number two, let's see top three things. Um, I guess tax planning, um, you know, there's always opportunity for planning tax planning. We see a lot of retirement plan opportunities in a pharmacy, mm-hmm. um, Pharmacies with a simple IRA or something like that. I mean, there's some really strong retirement plans a pharmacy can put into place. A lot of pharmacies say, hey, I'm, um, you know, I'm looking to retire and my pharmacy is my retirement when I sell it. Well, there's opportunities where you can not only have your pharmacy be a a funding for your retirement, but also you can get these plans in place to really um, Mm -hmm. fund a, a retirement account with big dollars, reduce taxable income. Um, and give you a nice nest egg when you do retire and sell your pharmacy. So there's a lot of retirement plan Mm. opportunities out there for some pharmacy owners. Um, I guess it remains to be seen about buying uh, and selling this year, you know, what the M&A activity is going to be like. Um, If there are opportunities, which I'm sure there will be, um, there's a lot of tax planning uh, tools you can use to maximize those opportunities for pharmacy uh, owners. Um, it's not just simple as you know, asset purchase, mm-hmm. stock purchase. You know, there's you can go into a whole host of tax elections that allow you to get the both of both wor- both the uh, best of both worlds mm-hmm. and maximize your tax advantages, um, your your cash flow involved with all that. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity on the, uh, tax planning side with, uh, buying a pharmacy or selling a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cash flow, you know, just be managing that cash flow. And that all goes back to the point number one, fundamental yep. accounting. Okay. You said something how that interesting works. that spun a bunch of different questions off in my head, but I guess the, the number one and the common problem that I see is, is they don't think about the, the full plan. They just think about, I'm opening a pharmacy, I'm getting through these goals, they set goals and they go, cool, I've saved up the money, I've got the robot, I've put aside this money, I've done this next thing. When would you say or recommend that a pharmacy should start thinking about the the retirement plan? Because a lot of, to me, the retirement plan thinks about all the stuff that you're doing in between then to grow your business so you can say, cool, this day I plan to exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, a typical... A standard pharmacy that's that has dent, you know, you typically a 401k plan with a safe harbor and a profit sharing component, mm-hmm. which is a discretionary thing. You don't have to fund that profit sharing every year. Yeah. Usually that's a good start um, for a pharmacy. Um, a simple IRA is not. The funding for the owner is not there. Um, but the 401k, you can put more funds into it. And, um, you know, and then if you're a mature pharmacy with a very solid balance sheet, 
uh, not a lot of debt, very profitable. You know, you can look into some pension type plans for those pharmacies mm-hmm. uh, where you can put up to several hundred thousand dollars into these plans um, and offset, you know, it's a, it's a deduction at the pharmacy level, reducing taxable income, but you're moving that money into some qualified retirement plans. And we're talking right. big dollars. Huh. So you got to have the right planning in place. You have to right, work with the right professionals, obviously here. Um, but there's some some opportunities there for those more mature pharmacies, older pharmacies. What would you say is a realistic, like the shortest timeline that would be manageable? Because what everything you said is like five years. That is a five year thing. So if you're yeah. going to yeah. do something like that, you have to do it for at least five years. That's pretty much a requirement. And which is great because, you know, you get yeah. a 60 year old pharmacy owner, 65 who's paid off all their debt. They're just a very profitable, solid pharmacy. They don't really have a retirement plan, maybe a little 401k. And um, they're profitable and they have tax problems. Well, you're like, hey, you know, if you got five more years here, we can, you can load up a retirement plan, reduce that taxable income and build a you know, million dollar nest egg plus in five years. And then we can sell your pharmacy. But if so, a pharmacist, so what I hear you saying is that the best thing, at least what I would do, based off your recommendation is, hey, I'm I'm 50. I'm wanting to think about the retirement plan so I can retire at 60. Let's start working towards that path and then set a goal of what my, my money is going to be. Yeah, well, time value money. Yeah, time the, value money. The, the best place to start that plan is at 25. Oh, yeah, but yeah, so, not all people so that, think like that. Yeah, but the, so it's not, hey, how many years before? It's now. Yes, it's now. It, it, the answer to all of it is now. Yep. Yeah, but so, the yeah. surprising yeah. the surprising that he I'm sure you run into Scott is that there's people that go, "Hey, I want to retire." And like you said, their books aren't amazing. Yeah, but at this point it's too late. The answer is now. I know, but <laughs> it was okay. yesterday. Yes, it was yeah. yesterday. It was. It is so, not it's not a hey, it's 5 years and so you're 10 years away, wait 5 years to you start. Oh, I know it. that. I know that. And but I mean, yes, it's always yesterday. Always plan for the, and the if worst it's, yesterday. And if it's now plan and your plan is a year from now, your plan needs to extend. Yes. Yeah. So there, there's there's opportunities in the or retirement plan. You should have been working with companies like Sykes, right? To be thinking about that plan. So Scotty, um, I think we're about out of time. Thank you for visiting with us today. Yes. Well, Hope I appreciate everybody... you guys having me. It's a it's a pleasure. I know um, I got to get you on our podcast now. Yeah. Got to return uh, the favor. So I hope everybody listening to this who doesn't have some kind of formal accounting help um, heard about that it's important. Very, um, hope they heard the, the really cool product there. Just, you, you know, you at get, a minimum, do the, the once a year analysis and, mm-hmm. and kind of see where you are. Um, you guys have a lot of respect in the industry and uh, this is all you do. And so you really, really know it. And um, I think if people don't have those services, they need to get them. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Well, we try to help as many pharmacies as we can. We try to take the best care of our clients. So that's just what we do day in and day out. And we've got a great team. So, um, but uh, I appreciate you having me on. And again, we'll have to get you on, Jeff, and maybe Marsha on there as well. And we'll, uh, we'll reciprocate. All right. Looking right. forward to it. All right. Have Thank a good day, guys. Scotty. Thank you, Scotty. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.